On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You can't be afraid of confrontations. Right. Sometimes clients are hard to work with. Even the best clients can be hard to work with. You got to be able to close the job. You got to be able to complete this service. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life. But have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. I'm your host, Gathering the Kings. Today, I got Lon. Uh, Lon. <laughs> I got Ron Lateral. What's up, dude? Welcome to hey. the King Stage, man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate you remembering my name right away, <laughs> <laughs> bro. It's like it's like it like rolled off the tongue and it just kind of like all went together, you know. I'm I'm just so thankful that you're here. Thanks for being here. Tell us what kind of business that you're in, brother, or businesses, rather. Should sure. I sure. Sure, sure. One, well, it, it, please, I appreciate, you know, being invited. That's a pretty honorary position. So, well, I'm in the, the niche business of deck building and, and I'm also a networker. The, networking is what makes everything go wrong. I, I'm a real firm believer in it. So from my deck building business, branched off and created a scaffolding system that's specific for deck building. And then also in the marketing department or advertising, if you will, I created a hook, which is macaron cookies. My little sister makes them and, and uh, I'm slowly convincing her that this is a business she can retire from. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping to hit a thousand clients a year for her, uh, where she doesn't really have to do any work. And what I do is every deck client I get, gets a yeah. box of macaron cookies. And then their neighbors all get a smaller portion with our advertising, with the construction business, as well as for cookies. Yeah. So there's nothing better than free samples. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. You know, Rod, I, I interviewed a gal, a queen, if you will, probably, I don't know how many months ago, but I, I'm pretty sure the show's already up. So you have to, you have to have your sister go check it out on, on Spotify or, or Google or Apple, but. I interviewed a lady who's seven figure business and she teaches people how to run and operate a cookie business. No joke. Like she started making cookies and then she now teaches other people how to have a cookie business. So it's incredible. You'll have to have her go listen to that show and maybe connect with her. But um, I love, I love, I love where you're coming from, man. Serial entrepreneur, one idea to another one, one that solves another. I love, I love the connection point there. So I want to ask you a question because at this level, you know, I asked the same question to everybody, right? When we first start the show and it's for all intents and purposes, you've made it right. Like you, you're doing, you know, enough in revenue to where everybody else looks at you and says, wow. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so from that angle, like, why, why do you still do it? Why do you push as hard as you do today? Even though you've had the success that you have. Well, because I've never done it for the money. Um, I think there's a real uh, disconnect in reality, if you're going to be in business for money, you're going to miss the ride. You're, you're going to, there's going to be shortcomings. In, in shorter words, follow your passion. 
See, if you follow passion, it's not work. It's your life. Sure. The rewards, the rewards will come. You, you don't even have to plan them. They will come right to your door. I wake up every morning with the attention of doing my best. That's it. And that, and that I, I bring that leadership of, or that attitude of leadership I bring on to, the, to my staff. I, I happen to hire a lot of carpenters. I have special carpenters. My carpenters are here because they want to be here. Yeah, they've never asked for a raise. I give them raises all the time. They, they're way above fair market value, but their performance is 10 times everybody else in the market. Invest in your employees. It's yeah. so simple. If you're, if you're sophistic thinking, you're trying to get a guy to produce $100 in his hour and you only want to give him 10. Right. I guarantee you he makes 200 if you give them 30, right. it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So, so take good care of your people and your network. Your, you know, the, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Well, we have apprentices that are just learning carpentry. We've got to pick those guys up and, and, yeah. and more or less fuel the passion. Um, so. Do you feel at this level, Ron, like some of, cause like you've kind of transitioned in your answer a little bit, which is great. I love it from like, do your passion to now it almost sounds like you're helping your team follow their passion. Is that, Absolutely. has that, has that become your passion? Yes. My, my, my actual point of view is it, or my modus operandi is to teach carpentry and teach high end finish carpentry the best you can have, the illusion of perfection. Right. And so, you know, we quit trade schools a long time ago in the high schools and we lost a lot of skilled tradesmen. Yeah, that's right. We had the 2008 crash. We lost even more tradesmen. Now we're, the guys that are my age are, are they're dinosaurs. And what happens is, is they sit in their office and, and they, you know, they kind of, manage from a, a an office chair right and, and you can't when it comes to what we actually do i mean we're deck builders and porch builders so there there's a lot of different components and there's different fasteners and, and there's just so many parts to it you can't let that quality go to the wind the reason why people hire me right off of my other jobs because i have no internet presence whatsoever absolutely zero i don't even own a business card wow so the the only way that you can retain my services is by seeing me on a job site where i don't even post a sign so they actually have to physically go or be one of the neighbors right so by hooking the neighbors with with the cookies it, it keeps my name in their mouth 100%. they always walk the neighbors walk by each other they both know they got a cookie. They, they got different <laughs> kinds of cookies. They can talk about, oh, I got lemon, I got sherbet. Oh, it's such a wonderful thing. I wish we would have had 20 of them instead of two. Yeah. But it keeps your name in, in, in their mouth. And that's really what word of mouth advertisement and marketing and where it comes from. Yeah. So we get into these neighborhoods. I'll sell one job on one nice street on a golf course. And by the time I'm done there, 
I myself have physically walked the majority of the houses that you can see, let them know that we're there and, and what, what services we provide. I give great credit to these search engines that can create phone calls that come in like sure. home advisor and Angie's list. Hey, you know, great job. You know, if I knew how to write computer programs, I'd own all of that business. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, I'm just a carpenter. So I, I'm kind of old school, but I tell you what about old school. And I just had this debate with, with some reps from Yelp. Okay. Uh, nothing beats a relationship. Right. If I have a great relationship with the client, you provide the best service. You have the best communication. You know, you never miss a phone call. I can't stress enough how much business is missed by a phone call that doesn't get answered. Right. You can't be afraid of confrontations. Right. Sometimes clients are hard to work with. <clears throat> Even the best clients can be hard to work with. You got to be able to close the job. You got to be able to complete the service. So many times we have a contractor with a subcontractor attached. The subcontractor comes in, does the work. They're doing it as fast as they possibly can, cutting every corner they can. Right. And if there's a screw missing, they don't care. Right. They got paid. They're on the next job. You can't get them to come back. Right. Where our service, I literally set up a, a carpentry shop on the job site. So we can do all our cutting, milling, whatever it is that we need to do. And, and then when the job is a hundred percent finished, so that means the client is writing me a check and is smiling about it. Right. Cause if you can't achieve that, go work at McDonald's, you know, yeah. practice there. Yeah. You practice. practice. Yeah. Go happy there before yeah. you come into this money. Our strategy there with closing and the, the service, it, it just can't be beat. People buy service. 100%. And, and the experience, the relationship that you're referring to. Okay, we're getting into some really juicy stuff. And I want to ask you some pointed questions here. So obviously, these are things that you've probably learned along the way would be my guess. And so I want to take you back a little bit. Maybe before you had multiple businesses, definitely before you were doing seven figures. But I want I want to know along the way, what did you do that caused an issue? It was a mistake, a bad choice, a decision that was just like, ah, that has helped you understand some of these things maybe? Well, I, I think one of the, my biggest mistake was giving away who I am and giving away my knowledge. Okay. I, Meaning? I was, so for example, I would go and I'd look at a, a project and I would give the client every single answer there was to do with no contract. Got it. Well, guess what? I've educated them so much now they can kind of do it on their own. Thus, you know, yeah. now all of a sudden they can have the, the no need for the expert. Right. No or at least in the their expert. mind, maybe. Right. And the other one is, is perseverance. You can't stop because you hit a wall. Right. People who are successful, we lose money on things. We run into problems and, and you can't stop fighting every single problem you have to address with perseverance yeah you got to be optimistic you got to get around that wall and you can't stop 
I love that the persistence and tenacity, and even just like the energy that you're giving us that answer. I, I just love it. Give us an example of, of the wall that you hit and how you were able to persist through it. Okay. So in the beginning of, of the debt company, and I'm just going to, this in the last five years. So in the beginning of the debt company, I'm recognizing that using these particular products, you've got, we've got a lot of hands and you're, we're on our hands and knees. Yeah. Putting these little clips in. And, and I'm looking at my guys going, geez, you know, they're not going to want to do this next year. They're going to hang with me for one year and go, hey, you can work on your hands and knees. Right. I started trying to develop a scaffolding system that would be user-friendly to bring to every job that would accommodate all the different elevations. And so then I came up with this joist runner scaffolding that hooks onto the joist. And, and, and what had happened with that, so here's... Here's the wall. Uh, we're abusing the body. Now we want to get them a little more ergonomically correct. Sure. So I, I create this platform underneath the deck. Now, now the guys are building 170% faster. Wow. We're going to do a high estimate and say that a carpenter should earn $120 an hour per man hour. Okay. Okay. I found that with my own testing, 80 was pretty good. So you're paying out 50, you're making 30, you got 20 guys, you're making money. That's just on the labor side. That's not sales, right? It's, you know, you sales are, you know, another 25% of the job as a whole. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So my issue was always in labor. And the reason that was is because you can only get so many jobs done. Sure. We've got a limit. Right. Yeah, we, we've got no help, you know, yeah. there's no help anywhere for anyone. So, so now what you have to do is be able to make it more work more efficient. Yeah. So, so in the deck building process, there was other, other issues. I had to firewall joists being flat, you know, these kinds of things. So I sure. developed these small tools or components that would ensure flatness and correct crowning and. Uh, this kind of thing. So along with the scaffolding system, so, or now it's a, a system before right. it was just a scaffolding member. Ideas. Now, <laughs> you're right. Now I actually have a complete building system. So now as, as the guys become better at, at using the system, you know, they're, they're already finding shortcuts in how they can build themselves. Oh, hundred percent. Right, how, and they're and it sounds like they're encouraged to do so by you thinking from the top up, going, "Wow, how can we make this thing better?" Constantly, it sounds like exactly, yeah. So to maximize foot movements, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So typically, to build a deck, you'd have a van and a trailer, or a truck and a trailer, and you pull up to the front of the house. You got to unload all your tools, bring them behind the house, set them up work for eight hours, tear them all down, bring all this stuff back to a neutral location like a shop and park at. Well, I was spending about 75000 a year just moving my tools. Wow. Here's a great firewall. How can I stop that? Well, pretty easy. You buy a gang box with great big lock sets on them. They're a 1000 bucks a piece. Set them at the job. Your tools are locked up. Now you're not dragging them back and forth. You're not driving a van every day. Right. You know, if you got three crews, that's three vans, five right. crews, five vans. Ron has five crews, one van. 
Interesting. Right. Well, so then I took it another step further. I had a, a electrician wire my gang box with a GFI and a, of course, an insulated waterproof cord. So now we plug the box into the house. Now we have a power station right. and a gang box. So what that is translated into with labor is instead of having 10 guys spend an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening, those hours, that 20 man hours is now focused back into production. Right. They're cutting and nailing. They're not carrying tools. Right. Carrying tools doesn't pay anything. Yeah, So exactly. I feel like you're, I'm talking to like the Elon Musk of, of the deck building world. Like you're just innovating constantly. I like Henry Ford myself. I yeah. <laughs> Love uh, it. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a Henry Ford guy than a Elon Musk. Hey, that's okay. I mean, assembly line, you know, you're making things better. You're an innovator. You're, you're a current day genius. You know, what, what I want to hear, yeah. what I want to have the, the listener here is whether, whether it's them that comes up with this specific, unique innovation idea or, or not, or they're just listening. Now they get the benefit of the fact that they chose to listen to this podcast. They get the benefit of hearing your genius. The reality here that the point that we're, we're trying to hit home is you're going to come across issues, problems, walls, as you've said. And if you just roll over or give up or cry home to mom, like – it's just not going to work. Like you need to persist. And some of the persistence that you're referring to for you has been innovating or creating streamlined systems or processes, which I think we all do as entrepreneurs, but some of it is recognizing, I don't know how to solve this. And so now I'm going to listen to Ron on gathering the Kings so I can hear what he's done so that I can go take his thought or buy his system or whatever, and go implement, even though I'm not the one who came up with it, you still are able to persist through the problem. You're right on track. So this is this is one of the greater lessons is that your problems should be created into an asset. Yeah. And that that's really the the base of my success. So I had a problem with Joyce not being level at the top. I create this little clip. Now they're level at the top. The guy's bending over and being on their hands and knees, I create something so they're not. Right. That's kind of a firewall system yeah. for problems that I've had when it comes to actually building the deck, Sure. you know, in, in its simplest form. So there, there's, uh, of course, there's other obvious structural things and the, the concept is, so if we look at concept, our problems should become assets. Yeah. And if you keep doing that, because everybody else is going to experience these problems. I'm not 100%. the only one that's had a choice up and down or whatever. What are they doing about it? They're not. They're not. Right. And guess where they're at? Stuck. They're at, Frustrated. Right. Right. <laughs> they're, they're at 100000 a year working their ass off and, and, and wondering why somebody else is on a Lucky. Boat. You're lucky, Ron. You're lucky. Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with luck. Um, another real big one, being an entrepreneur is not a job. It's a life. You wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, you have coffee. The first thing you're thinking about is, how am I going to make today better than yesterday? And that's the challenge. You have to want to trend up. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get knocked down. The strong 
get back up, make that problem into an asset, yeah. and drive the horses forward again. Yeah, I love so, it. I mean, the, the 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 point that you're hitting home, you know, I've I, I've heard, you know, obviously other entrepreneurs say the same thing, but in a different way. But the way that you're saying it, as far as like turning it into an asset, obviously with with me having a few of my companies being real estate companies, like the word asset is very, very unique. And, and what it means is that it specifically brings value and usually value over and over and over again. And so the one-time problem can either turn into an over the like, over like problem, 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 problem. Or if you persist and take care of it, solve the problem, which is, this is what we're made to do as entrepreneurs anyway, yep. slow down enough to, to solve the problem. So that way it, it turns into an asset to your point, which is now it pays me. Or now it provides value to me over and over and over again, as opposed to being the same old problem over and over and over. <laughs> right, right. It, it, you you couldn't have said it any any simpler. So yeah. you 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 know, like I said, everybody's going to experience problems, and no matter what business they're in, you know how to get clients or how to how to provide a service. You know what what makes you stand out from everyone else? Yeah, I didn't plan to invent the Joyce Runners. This is as a result of firewalling yeah. my jobs, yeah. you know. And wanting, to be, and wanting to be better. Like you said, you, you have to desire the uptrend. And even just that in itself can be applied to every area, right? Like we can apply that to our marriage. We can apply that to being a good dad or a good mom. We can apply that to you know, <clears throat> leadership to, to our teams. We can apply that to the job site and wanting to help the guys or, or provide a better product to the client or whatever it is. It's that desire to, to do it in a better way or to solve the next problem. It, we're, you know, saying the same thing, just in different words, which I think is every, every entrepreneur's heart's desire. Like that's what we want to do is solve the problems. What do you think keeps people from when they hit that firewall? What do you, what do you think keeps them from staying there? So, Okay, so when they hit a plateau? Yeah, or a firewall, rather than creating the solution like you did for the XYZ problem, what, what do you think keeps them there in the problem, like hitting it over and over and not, not necessarily persisting through it? With problems, people don't like the challenge. Some do and thrive off it. I'm a, I thrive off a challenge. Performing. You know, how are you performing for yourself? So, so I think what happens is, is, is people lose confidence when they hit a wall and they can't yeah. get around it and they get stuck there and they're just going to stay there. And then, then, then they become complacent. Well, you're no longer an entrepreneur if you're complacent. Yeah. Cause you've accepted your current conditions. Right. You can't get any higher. You're right. done. Yeah. Go work for somebody. Uh, it's not, it's not about the money. It, it, right. It's, it's measured in money. Right. People measure it in money. Success is measured in money. True success is measured in happiness. Sure. Yeah. Happiness is better shared. Money is never better shared. <laughs> no one wants to share money. Yeah. Right. right. So, but the attitude of happiness, that's an easy one to share. Yeah. And, and because it's such a, uh, that's an asset and it's it such a valuable one, especially in a relationship, which is again, the core of why you got hired or why somebody went with you. Right. It's because of that relationship that you established. I, for me personally, 
I've been told that I'm 99% BS, but it's 100% true. See, there lies the difference. Sure. So you can be a BSer, but yeah. it has to be the truth. You know, whether it's experience or something. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't make it up. Or if you're not accepting some things, uh, you're you're in trouble already. You know, yeah. it, like I said, that's again those walls that people hit. Um, and it, you know, it can. There's so many different ones. You yeah. Know? Well, I think I think the what I mean the 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 reality of running into a walls is is real. What you just said, even about the BSing, is, it's so funny because. A lot of people, and you have to, in order to persist sometimes, just to kind of stay on topic here for your word of persistence, the listener right now is thinking there's times in order to persist through a problem, I have to BS. Like they, they don't know what to do, so they got to look it up on YouTube or they got to figure it out or they got to kind of like, you know, kind of word it to get through, right? But what what you're saying is at another level, you have to be able to pull from these experiences from these walls that I've gone through like over the course of time I'm creating a history with myself and with other people that not only do I hit the wall but then I I can persist through the wall which then gives me experience to then what most people might see as bs but be able to get my way through a lot of other things in the future and it's funny because I don't I don't tell a whole lot of stories personally but I'm going to tell this one real quick cuz I think it's super applicable my wife is funny I I've done strategy coaching and even sales coaching and stuff like that with entrepreneurs for a couple of years. And, and she can hear me talking sometimes. I'm in, I'm in one of our Florida homes right now. So she's not here, but she'll say to me, I come out, you know, come off of a coaching and she'll say, Hey, I don't know. Like, how did you even know how to answer that guy's question? You know, it just sounds like golden BS that just kind of flows out of your mouth. And we kind of both <laughs> laugh and, and she was like, no, no, but seriously, like, how'd you know that? And I'm like, well, I was involved in a situation once before, whether it was a previous client or a business that I owned or someone that I worked for when I was younger or some sort of experience that I had that I understood how it worked. And then it made sense to me to be able to correlate this answer with this guy's problem. It unlocked something for him. He was able to change his business. And she just was like, like mind blown because I was able to take this experience from years ago and be able to apply it to this guy's wall. And that's the, that's the, that's the key that you're talking about right now is our ability to not only persist. I think that's a great step one. Step two though is how do I document the journey of the persistence through the issue? So that way, when other issues arise, because they will, I can persist through those as well. And sometimes easier, faster, stronger, better, right? Correct. Love yep. it. Okay. All right. So I got one question here for you before we go to the speed round. I want to know, is there a certain discipline or a process that you follow because you kind of give it, we kind of we kind of got there through a little bit of a story here. But you gave me good decisions that you've made. You also gave me some bad decisions that you made. Is there a discipline or process that you follow right now, in order to try to make good decisions, like repeatedly? Yeah, it's all critically thinking before you make the decision. I like simple. So if you can break down, no matter what decision it is, break it down to its simplest form. It yeah. usually reveals itself which path to go. Yeah. You know, and when you say break it down simplest form, give us an example of that or maybe how someone would do that. Let's see. Yeah, kind of got me on the spot. Good. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I just do it out of nature. I mean, I, yeah, because, of course. You know, the way I think, you'd kind of have to give me a problem. Sure. And then I could break it down. Okay. Uh, let's let's really, use the choices that are uneven, for example. Like when you saw that, what was your ability to make the good decision? So, so right away, I think 
okay, so we have joists that are uneven. I have to have them perfect. So the simplest form is, is I'm making it flat. Right. How well, to make it flat. Right. How to make it flat. And then more so than how to make it flat is how to make it user friendly as well. Sure. Typically two guys would handle a joist to put a joist in, and then they shoot it in with a temporary, then put this bracket on, which is a positive connection bracket, joist hanger bracket. So, so I, I broke it down to first, I can't have two guys holding a 40 pound board. So I need to have one guy clip on each end. So I put a clip on each end. These clips are 17 cents is what I cost me to manufacture them. And I sell them for 275. Nice. So, so it's still yeah, inexpensive. Super inexpensive. They should go out. Every single lumber yard who sells a deck package should give those things yeah. to the builder. And I'm working on that. Right. You can't beat it. It's It's because it's a small component. It's so inexpensive. You're guaranteeing a quality finish. Right. Yeah. So, so at any rate, that particular firewall with that clip kind of solved two things at once. So simplest form, I wanted it to be to to be flat. So I I put this bridge clip on, I make it flat. All of a sudden we recognize that now it's hands-free. So now we add another step in there of power planing all the joists at the same time. So you'll see a lot of guys will, will, they'll build the whole frame and then they'll go back and they'll power plane all the joists one by one. Takes forever and a day. It's never flat when they're done. Very inconsistent. Ours, we put them all together as one unit, clamp them together, power plane the top. They're perfect, right. literally perfect flat. So composite decking shows every imperfection with crowning, concave, and convex. Right. So, so all of a sudden, now we have a perfectly flat tabletop, and the, the joists that go in are self-supported. So now they're hands-free. So we skip right from, from the power plane table to we go to assemble it. We put the brackets on immediately. We don't have to temporarily nail it. We don't have to have two guys. Right. We're not going up and down ladders. Right. So there's all these steps that. that so the, the simplest form that you're referring to, I'm just trying to make this applicable for everybody listening because not everybody's obviously in the decking world is yeah. you took this decision of, okay, here's the problem. And, and then, but each step along the way leading up to the problem and then after the problem and almost like broke it down almost in like a timeline, it sounds like, which is like one affects the other. And if I solve this problem, does it also affect these other things? And sometimes it sounds like you all, you solved some other problems that you didn't even know that you had. Right. And now that's completely different than creating a problem and creating a solution. Right. You see this all the time. Yeah. Don't get caught. That's the, the absolutely wrong way of, you know, <laughs> well, we're going to prevent this or, you know, create a problem and create a solution. You can't sell that. Right. You can sell. There is a problem and here is the solution. Right. That problem needs to be common in the field that you're trying to sell your solution to. Right, 100%. Yeah, you can't get those two flipped around. And, and a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, so mine just happened to, now mind you, this is over a course of a couple of years. Sure. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you came up with the idea, but, and that's, that's neither here nor there. That's persistence, right? <laughs> right. Some, sometimes you have to hit your head against the wall several times to figure out where the soft spot is. 
either in your head or in the wall. <laughs> we're gonna we're yeah, gonna hit this please. we're gonna hit the speed round real quick. I want to ask you some questions, and I want you to answer in a one-word answer, if possible. But I, I, I'm notorious for asking further questions. So the first question is this: If you could only track one metric inside of your entire business or businesses, I guess, what would that one metric be? Relationships. Okay. And how do you measure that? How long they last and the level Ooh. of trust between the people. Very good. Great answer. Love it. What book do you recommend that a six-figure business owner read who wants to get to the seven-figure mark? Crucial conversations all okay. day long. And what's your takeaway from that book? Learn how to talk to people. You have to be able to learn how to say no. Don't go outside of what you know. Right. You see what I mean? You can learn. Yeah but shouldn't be at somebody else's expense. Love it, love it, love it, love it. That's integrity. Next question is, do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs and why, if you do? Well, I, I do. I do because I'm a relationship hound. I absolutely right. love love languages. That love language test thing, yeah. love it. Never knew who I was. Took that test, I'm a whole new man. I'm the best <laughs> husband. I'm yeah. telling you, I'm the best husband for my wife. Yeah. And then it took me five minutes. Right. It changed my whole relationship. Yeah. So again, relationships, relationships, yeah. it, you know, clients, it, no matter what field you're in, you want clients for life. Right. Well, trustworthy people are hard to find. Hardworking, trustworthy people are hard to find. People love that. They respect that. They honor it. Right. They're going to, people will fall over backwards to yeah. get you a referral just to say that the that they were a part of your success if you're valued if you're yep exactly that's a if big if valued. yep big if it I, is I and, and that's that's our that's our game as an entrepreneur right is to provide value which is typically tied to solving you know solving the problem that you referred to earlier so okay last question ron this is a big one are you ready yep <laughs> ron if you lost it all man no decking business no cookies to hand out no no clips no inventions, you lost it all. What would you do? Well, the same time, the same thing I've done three other times before today. You That's pull awesome, man. Bootstraps and you yep. get after it. That's right. Yeah, it's a wall. You lost everything. I literally sold. Uh, I was making around twenty thousand a week, not having to do nothing but drive around in my Cadillac and play music and have fun with my buddies, and I lost it. Well, I gave mm -hmm. it up. I moved to Detroit, chased a woman, never done in my life, but I ended up dead zero. Yeah. I ended up no driver's license, wow. no job, didn't know anyone in the middle of Detroit and, and took me about two years to get out of that mess. Yeah. Came back to Minnesota, didn't have nothing, no clothes, no place to live in January. If you ever been Ooh. in Minnesota in January, it's cold. Yeah. Slept in my car until February, got an apartment start it over so this this where i'm at right now is is the result of 2017 to today yeah so we're talking less than five years yeah and i tell you what the first three years about killed me yeah. but you can't give up i mean right. it's it's not about the money it's it's about who you are so a lot of people, I think maybe, or some people, they want to be an entrepreneur because they see, well, they, you know, they're so successful, it's so easy. You know, you own a business, you just go out for lunch whenever you want. And no, that isn't. It takes 
10 times the work and 10 times the hours. And, and for a long time, there might not be any reward. Yeah. The only, the only reward you really should be seeking is did you do your best? Right. Oh, and, and, and did you let anything stop you? You know, that's, you, you gotta be tough. Yeah, that you question know. that you just asked, if I had you on here and all you said was, here's the one question you need to ask yourself, I think that would be it, you know? Like, did you let something stop you? And I think that if we asked ourselves that every single day and we were honest about it at the end of every day, did, did I let something stop me today? I think, I think it would change the game for a lot of entrepreneurs because the walls that we've been talking about this whole show, Man, we all we all hit them. We all do, and sometimes multiple in a day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, yeah. and that really is the measurement of the success is how we navigate through those. So, Ron, if if somebody listening today just is like, dude, I got to figure out who this Ron guy is. I want to connect with him. How can they find you? Since you're not, you know, you're not on the internet. How how can how can someone okay. how can someone find you and and reach out to you, man? <laughs> okay, well, I I am on some social media. I've got. Uh, obviously, my phone number is 763-528-0098. Text me beforehand and give me a name. Sure. That Otherwise, you just hit the scam box anyway. Otherwise, there's uh, Facebook, Ron Lateral at Facebook. And then I'm also on TikTok. Okay. And believe it or not, I make time for anyone. It yeah, doesn't matter awesome. if it's a woman walking into a, a grocery store. You hold the door for her. Right. Make time. Yeah, so make time. I, yeah. Yep. Make I'll make time for anybody that wants to get a hold of me. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate that. Not only that uh, that extension of just clearly who you are as a good person, but man, you've you've provided some awesome value here today. I hope that you know at least if there's any deck builders out there, hopefully they check out your systems. You know, I don't know if if, if there's a certain plug on where they can buy them, anything like that that you've got available. Yeah, there is. We we actually don't we actually don't launch the product here. I've got a manufacturer out in York, Pennsylvania. Okay. They're a fourth generation casting, structural casting company. Jake out there, really good guy. Nice. Matter of fact, I like interview casting companies and different manufacturers for my component. I finally found the right one. So it's not just about, can you get your part made, right. but you have to find the right guy. This guy happened to just build a deck. When he's seen the component, he says, oh my, I should have had that. And I said, right. well, yeah. Now he gets it. Exactly. Right. So we, we do launch in that pretty soon. That'll be fun. So decking manufacturer offered me about 6 million for it three years ago. So we've been, of course, now I had a design engineer. Right. So it's a commercial, you know, develop it. So it's a commercial viable product meets ANC, OSHA, all this other stuff. So, so they'll be able to buy it soon. Huh? <laughs> they'll be able to buy it, it soon. Yeah, it, it'll be good. soon. Well, I'll get back in touch with you, Zach. You'll see it. I, I do have the, the patent coverage in like nine countries. Yeah. There's actually that many other countries that use our same decking building wow. material. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, I never knew of it. So it's a lot larger than yeah, the market. Right. Well, and this is, you know, humbly, I'm, you know, I'm a carpenter pool player. I like to go fishing. <laughs> never did I think that I would stumble onto something like that. And it really yeah. was, it was, I did get lucky, but, but you were solving really a problem, a right? Exactly. Like you were, you were just doing what you should have been doing. I, I think, I think the message that, I mean, it rains loud and clear, you know, the value that you've given here today is not just like from your experience, but it's that, you know, like you just said, like, I, I love what you are portraying. I'm a regular Joe. I'm a regular guy. 
And if I can do it, basically, so can you. And, and I think that's true for me too. Like I look at me coming from a single mom household, you know, no father figure, no business background whatsoever, college dropout, and, you know, a millionaire in my 20s because I've just pressed in to, you know, building businesses, man, and, and loving on people and building teams and growing myself. And so we come, we come from the same cloth, man. And I think that the listener heard that today. So I want to, I want to just sign off with just thanking you for your time and your value. And dude, I, I hope that the relationship continues. I hope that we do deals together because uh, you're a quality person to know. So thank you for being here today, man. Well, I sure appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, keep in touch, man. I I I love talking. So <laughs> we we know. We appreciate <laughs> you being here, brother. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.